Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. My guest this week is Alex Cox, senior AV producer at Cards Against Humanity and a prolific podcaster. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Again, actually, this is, I think, your second time, right? Yeah. The first time I was on, I threw up before and after we recorded because I was so nervous. And listening to that episode last night, I'm like, well, you know, it's not the best, but you sure can't tell how I want to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) And and I should say the reason is because this has been such a formative show for me. And to be on it a couple of years ago was just wild. And it's still wild to be here. Thank you so much. I, I I love hearing that from you because you are an amazing uh, con- content producer. Um, my girlfriend has actually you you guys met briefly in Chicago. Oh uh, yeah, after so one of the fun. cons and when uh, people were allowed to hang out. <laughs> right, right, in large large groups. But mm. uh, but she became a, a huge fan of yours. I shouldn't make it sound like she's a crazy fangirl, but she she <laughs> follows you very closely. She loves you. Um, oh, she actually you. helped me come up with some of the questions on my slate today. Oh, oh boy. So say hi, L. Hi, hi, L. I, I miss you. And I hope that one day we get to hang out in real life again. That would be so much fun. In 2029. I <laughs> we'll literally just, I just started going to comic cons in like 2019. My first yeah. comic cons. I mean, I don't miss it yet for sure <laughs> but that's because uh it's this is very much part of my jobby job but um i mean yeah it's it's pretty wild so let's see right now you uh, in in your podcast life you have a couple of really cool projects uh the first one i want to mention is two-headed girl which is a podcast you do with your partner maddie yeah. And uh, t- tell us a little bit about what that project entails. Two-Headed Girl is a podcast, I, like you said, I make with my spouse, Maddie, and it's all about transitions and some somewhat uh, notably it's about gender transition and he's a trans mask person um and i am who knows what the heck i am uh, gender queer non-binary some people would call me trans you gotta listen to the show i guess uh, <laughs> go to two-headed girl um but we have for the past maybe three years just been um recording our own like small personal interactions about how we feel about gender um and our mental illnesses uh we're both bipolar uh and and yeah it's kind of just an exercise in being vulnerable and an exercise in um documenting like our young adulthood into what I hope is medium adulthood as we both turned 30 this year. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very much like a, it's very, very good, but that's because of Matt, not, not because of me. It's, (laughs) it's kind of a, a sort of journal, personal journal type show. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's been, I think it's been really informative for a lot of people inside and outside of the trans community i think there's a lot to relate to there for everybody you might need to help me out what does trans mask mean uh just uh well when you say just and then related to gender that's (laughs) that's that's never it's simply Uh, it well as you as you know bob um but I, I don't want to speak totally f- for him, but a trans mask person is just someone who is traditionally very far to the more masculine side of sort of the uh, gender spectrum, but not fully like it doesn't fully identify as a binary man. Does that sort of make sense? Sure. 
Yeah, it's and and the thing is, it might not make sense to some people, and that's okay because, uh, you know, who who cares? <laughs> it it shouldn't. Uh, I, it's not that gender shouldn't in- interest people. Um, it's that most of the time, gender isn't relevant. Relevant. Uh, sure. But part part of the reason we also did this podcast is because there's a lot of uh, t- tone policing and nervousness around asking questions about gender um and still sexuality honestly and we're kind of like no ask us the questions that you think are problematic uh like learn be good allies nobody is perfect like come on like it's okay it's okay so that's kind of um another thing we we try to hit on because i have my own uh internal you know like uh and internalized transphobia and and stuff like that so it's we we try not to preach to the choir too much um except in terms of our (laughs) bad bad jokes and puns um but i mean yeah there's a lot of things that don't make sense and and that's okay because the world isn't fair or logical and neither is gender what's what what is in your opinion one of the the more interesting questions that you've uh you've tackled Oh, oh, that's I mean, there's interesting and then there's embarrassing. My favorite question that has ever been asked was about um, the literal (laughs) growth of a penis, um, which was an absolute delight because people truly don't know uh, how the human body works which is also like okay because i don't know how the human body works (laughs) the president of the united states doesn't know how the human body works uh set a low bar (laughs) i know yeah not to (laughs) there's uh there's only up from there really but i think the most is interesting questions we get are the ones related to sexuality versus gender because they are two very separate things um it just so happens that they overlap with one another so um i'm trying to think of a specific example like uh oh uh, folks will ask so did you what part of queer did you know you were first did you did you know that you were queer in the like you typically typically liked women or did you know you were queer in terms of like trans or gender queer and uh, my answer to that is usually like, hmm, I'm still uh, figuring that out. Let's just dis- discuss that. Uh, because I think the way that we have mushed gender and sexuality together is uh, in- in- interesting, but also can be d- damaging for yeah. f- for folks. Sure. Um, I'm not sure. I-, I think answering that question would depend on the person and at what at what point they learned about spectrums. Cause I think most people don't, don't come to understand gender spectrum and sexuality spectrums at the exact same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I did not. And, and also that, that, that penis question actually came as a, uh, like, like was asked uh, in, in a healthy, good, good way. Like I, it, we often invite these questions. Sure. Because uh, normally, don't ask anyone what's in their pants when it's not appropriate. Uh, but on this podcast, uh, we inten- we intentionally do Q and A's where we're like, "Yeah, go, go for it, go buck wild." Because you know, there's there's a dad sitting in the middle of Can- Kansas uh, who has like somehow found my work through either Cards Against Humanity or Merlin Man, and then is like. Oh, I understand this a little <laughs> bit more. Or uh, he might be like, I don't understand this at all, but I see now that it doesn't really matter. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I I don't like to say that it's an educational show, but that's how some people have uh, d- described it. I yeah. hate to tell you, but it really is. <laughs> uh, Thank you. It, yeah, it serves as a really good resource. Uh, you... Not too long ago, uh, I don't want to say documented, but uh, discussed uh, Maddie's top surgery. Yeah. Which was, I mean, for someone coming from like way outside of any of that, I have a lot to learn there. 
I mean, I had a lot to both both of us had a lot to learn um, because it's not something that's talked about often, um, not just because of the you know stigma of being trans, but because there is a stigma amongst trans folks who um, they they have opinions about what is considered the quote right way to transition to female to male or or male to female uh and and there are some folks who are like if you don't get full like a (laughs) what they would call a full transition like be on uh hormones get all sort of gender uh, like every gender affirmation surgery you can get uh if, if you don't do that then you're not really trans and Ouch. that is the narrative that I not that not that I believed, but um, that I heard until I was in my late teens, probably early 20s, actually. So uh, we really wanted to document that process, especially because this happened after we had been um together i oh gosh i don't know uh but but we're married and we've been married for three years i think oh no four because we got married after trump was elected because we were scared um and i think that's also kind of an interesting component of the show uh and i i find um couples who have transitioned later in life really interesting and can uh like get, i get along well, well with them because there aren't a lot of um adult trans narratives just because or, or ones that are like visible that uh aren't aren't somebody like uh who's a good one who's who are, see that's the thing where i'm like who's a famous binary trans person uh who isn't problematic uh <laughs> yeah that's like most people think that like caitlin jenner is the only trans woman that exists sure <laughs> it sucks yeah i'm like here uh here's a and then i direct them to one of my favorite youtube creators contrapoints who talks about gender as well as fascism um some <laughs> and and it's it's great yeah i'm yeah. babbling more than i did the first time you said you had questions i do i, I do it's, it's your show <laughs> you you're doing great <laughs> actually you. before we leave the topic of two-headed girl um you you, you mentioned and i hadn't realized that uh, you're both bipolar Yep. <laughs> is it is it safe to talk about this? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I've been I've been trying to be more open about my own bipolar disorder uh, as of recently. So in my relationship with L, um, I'm the only bipolar person, but we've kind of learned to recognize mania, prepare for depression, and uh, kind of ride that roller coaster together. How complicated is it? to have two different roller coasters probably peaking at different times in a relationship. The roller coaster analogy is is perfect. Um but I be, because um for me at least sometimes roller coasters are uh good and it's maybe not fun, but uh <laughs> they d- doesn't have to be a terrible experience. Both of us, um, like we, in in fact, when we met, I think we, I don't know how the topic of mental illness came up, but, you know, we went to art school and feelings just happen all the time. (laughs) But we very, because we were so open about it, um, we kind of learned what each other's, uh, like, peaks and valleys look like and and what were kind of the signs that a manic episode might be coming and how to prepare for that and also um we definitely we've definitely noticed that um when one of us is in a more extreme low um or in a really high point in our armenia uh we it's we're able to be self-aware enough that it's like okay we are both in bad places so let's find outside help whether that means like hey 
I like you should make an extra therapy appointment or hey j- did you take your meds on time so, it, really little stuff like that yeah. honestly and and sometimes there there can be like big flare-ups and it sucks a whole lot but really communication has been key and uh not not just for like maintaining a good relationship but it has made both of our lives better like even if it was not a romantic partnership like having having my best friend know what is inside my brain a lot of the time is just super helpful and i'm very very lucky yeah it's uh, communication i would say is the number one uh strategy that al and i have for dealing with my own manic and depressive episodes just being able to clearly and honestly communicate what we're seeing and what we're feeling and having for me having someone there to say this isn't real mm-hmm. not not that my my disorder isn't real but what i'm feeling especially in my depressed uh, uh episodes that what the way that i'm seeing the world at that point isn't real and it is so helpful to have someone who can just tap me on the shoulder and say you know what you're depressed like that things aren't the, the the world is not as agonizing as it looks to you right now i promise although in 2020 you never know <laughs> exactly the it's it's uh yeah i always appreciate another person's perspective uh, and with the two of us even if we are both in a really bad place and you know in 2020 it happens more often it happened you know more often than not um but uh that's such a good point having another person to say um this isn't real whether whether it's me um like sometimes i I will have auditory and visual hallucinations and i'm lucky enough that usually i can tell that it is just a manifestation of an anxiety uh but to have maddie be like don't worry i know that that this fear is real right now but that is not real what you're seeing or hearing and i can say to him um when he has misperceptions about his body or the way people feel like hey this is just your your spiraling and yeah wow i've never thought about it like that before <laughs> that's great thank you yeah yeah i'm ha- happy to share what i go through because literally if i don't document um in some form or another the things i figure out i i will forget them the next week do you uh, track your mood at all? I was really good about it for a long time. And then I found that using a sleep tracker was almost a perfect indicator of my moods. And wow. well, it was for a while. And then that stopped working and I didn't go back to manually tracking my moods. But uh, multiple times over the last few episodes, I have said that I was going to start tracking my moods again. The uh, well, and, and and that's that's why I I asked because I've also kind of fallen off the wagon with that. I I used to be really good too, and I am really good at tracking my sleep. Uh, and it's it can kind of correlate, but right now I'm just doing like the old fashioned like journaling like how was my mood today but i want that i really like uh, you know graphs and pie charts Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i want to see the data (laughs) the 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 data that my irrational brain is putting out yeah for sure i i really i had a couple years where i was tracking all of that stuff and uh was able to look and kind of see patterns and peaks and it it helped make sense of a lot of things. I think it actually helped me get better treatment by being able to share that with my doctor. And as I'm saying this, I realize I really do need to get back to that. That is good data to have. Do you, when you have manic episodes, do you still sleep? Mm, it depends. I mean, I have uh, bi- uh, bipolar one, and I th- think we talked about this a little, a little bit before. It, it, it's like the more 
there's there's bipolar one and there's bipolar two and bipolar one is typically the the difference is like really extreme forms of mania like not sleeping for days on end and that very much used to be me like uh, used to be me in terms of um one not sleeping two hallucinating a whole a whole bunch and then three having like the uh, most irrational thoughts possible um now i've gotten to sort of a state where i'm i've, I've got i'm pretty stable and high functioning on the meds i'm on luckily uh but even so i have what people uh consider hypomanic episodes where yeah. i'll sleep but like for two out two to four hours a night and that'll happen for a couple weeks and then i'm just destroyed yeah. <laughs> and i kind of slip into a depressive period which this all sounds very sad sad to people or it might sound sad to some people but like it's actually a lot better than it it used to be and that uh, for for me also the the data of oh these months went by where you didn't track your uh, mood is it's become almost as important as my sleep tracking because it's like ah yes as the sleep tracking as I get less and less sleep I am tracking my mood less and less so even a lack of data has been helpful I guess sure yeah <laughs> I uh, my my episodes uh, over the last probably couple years that have been consistently only uh between three and six days long and uh and i i generally will sleep between zero and two hours a night during a manic episode and i by the end of it like i will be my brain will be working at manic levels but my body will be so tired out mm -hmm. that i end up just kind of like staring at like i'll i'll want to sit in front of my computer and i'll want to code because that's that's like my favorite thing to do when i'm manic my brain just wants to write code and i'll end up just sitting and staring at uh my text editor for hours it's uh i hate it i really do i really want to i don't so then i get like depressed and and i i expect that to happen and things are awful for another three days to a week. Uh, so relatively short episodes, but then I get stable. And after a week of being stable, I miss being manic. And I don't, mm -hmm. I don't go out of my way to try to trigger manic episodes, but I definitely have this thing in my head where this would be so much more fun if I were manic right now. I, I, and it didn't, I didn't used to think of it in those words because I didn't always realize that it was mania that it that was what I it was making it enjoyable for me. I thought I just had um, good reactions to my meds or something. I don't know what I thought, but yeah. Anyway, that's my story. <laughs> what happens after you you come down and and you're stable? How like how long does it take you to get back into a regular sleep cycle? And like do, does that affect your body? uh physically and well you, you said you're just sitting at uh <laughs> the text that are uh staring but what about just you, you know like do you get sick more often or what do you just kind of just completely shut down so that there's really nothing that your body has to do um you so like right after a manic episode yeah, like uh, to get rid of sleep debt and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Which I've learned is not a, not a possible thing to do. But um, yeah, like <laughs> right. <laughs> on, on the day that it ends and I can feel it ending, I, I can all of a sudden my brain will just relax and I will know that the mania is done and I'm about to sleep and I will sleep hard and I will sleep most of the time for like three days. And eventually get back to a pretty normal sleep schedule. And uh, as far as getting sick, I I wouldn't say I'm the healthiest person in the world, but I I I do yoga <laughs> regularly. I keep myself going uh, despite 
emotional and mental circumstances. And um, I couldn't run a, a I couldn't run more than a mile without dying. But I don't get <laughs> I don't get ill very often. No, that that's that's awesome. One thing I've realized uh, during you know this pandemic is how much mania has affected my physical health because I really haven't gotten I I, I got maybe like one sinus infection in april um and typically i it's just like a genetic thing i get a lot of sinus infections every every single year um Mm. but now that i'm not around human beings uh it it, i I don't get sick anymore and the the only time uh that that i got sick it was because i didn't sleep for i don't know like four days It, it was at the getting up to the point where i was like all right if i if this keeps going like I some, something's got to give sure. um but i i mean yeah i'm i'm i think i'm going to be like a mask lifer now uh because <laughs> I, i'm like oh this is so if i stay away from people's germs i'm uh not going to be all sniffly this is this is awesome <laughs> masks all the time Oof. i think uh when when you met Elle, she was she was already wearing a mask wasn't she I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Ahead of the curve, man. Wait, and as soon as she, as soon as her health improved enough that she didn't have to wear a mask anymore, she had to wear a mask again because of you know pandemics. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> At least she already owned cool looking masks. So, oh, true, true. <laughs> Silver linings. Oh, <laughs> um, by by the time I get to a, the, the end of a manic episode, though, I am physically a wreck. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I. I I'm, I'm delirious. I I don't communicate well. I shake. Um, I'm it's just basically extreme sleep deprivation without the like quiet mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I'm I'm a wreck. I I should document better what it's like at the very end because la- I wrote a post for my blog, uh, basically from the middle of a manic episode uh fully knowing that i was in a manic episode and wanting to document it um and then i wrote it i was gonna write another one from the depression side but then i was depressed (laughs) and i was not writing um so i waited until after that passed and then wrote about it in retrospect but that i'm way better at documenting the mania though because it just kind of pours out of you like uh Oh, I, just, yeah. I just want to talk, 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 talk till everyone. Everyone wants to hear everything I have to say. Let's do it. Uh, it's a very different mindset. I mean, doing a weekly podcast for the past, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know, four years. Oh yeah, four years. Um, having to, uh, I, I, I never like fake enthusiasm or happiness on uh shows at at least i hope i don't um but i've noticed that people can absolutely tell when i am depressed or more often they can tell when i'm you know hypomanic during a dubai friday episode (laughs) because i'm like just talking uh, real real fast and i'm stammering more i'm either stammering more than usual or not stammering at all neither of them (laughs) but uh, it's it's kind of an interesting way of being held accountable because there's always that tiny temptation in the back of my mind of like, yeah, I could get to that manic state that I find to be productive really easy if I just, you know, avoided these few white pills. And then I, I, I'm (laughs) like you, I, when I am depressed, I don't talk about how happy I am that I have medication and how it keeps me from not feeling like this. So, uh, (laughs) I guess, once again, important for me to have the data and I need to t- track it more myself. So how, how much time do you have tonight? Oh, um, however much you need. OK, because I'm realizing that I had not planned for the bipolar discussion and that took up a, a big part <laughs> of the show. No, it's awesome. I'm really like I said, this is something I've been wanting to talk about more. Uh, but I have this whole list of questions. Um 
Did, did, did you know that Alex Cox directed Repo Man? Oh, I, just, I do indeed. <laughs> and Sid and Nancy. Good. It's good stuff. <laughs> That's, I, I Googled. I was just trying to make sure I was caught up on on you and and your public uh, persona. And it, Repo Man came up and I love that soundtrack. It was such a good movie. Nice job on that. It's, I know I, I worked a lot on it um, and like 10 years before I was born, too. It was it, it was quite a trip. Talk about mania. So here's a question uh, posed when I was brainstorming questions with Elle uh, to ask you. One that we thought would be interesting is simply, do you think technology can save us? No. Well, that was an uh, easy it, answer. Um, well, I think uh, I think people are going to save us and technology is going to be a big, big part of that. But I don't think tech in itself is going to save us. In fact, when it's when technology is implemented to solve problems, it uh, I mean, you're you're a big computer person. You you know that it can often break things more than it <laughs> solves problems. Uh, and often that's due to uh, user or manufacturer error, uh, because whether it be a single person or an entire team, a lot of times uh, there's not a lot of diverse input. And when you're designing like a an entire um, potential artificial intelligence, it's kind of important to have a lot of different people on that. So, so, yeah, con con <laughs> conversely, and I think it would I, I expect a very similar answer. But do you think technology will destroy us? No, uh, I think people will was, destroy us. I, I I do think um yeah <laughs> people people will destroy us and I, and I don't want this to sound like uh the only thing that can stop a good a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun <laughs> um but I, I think dis destroy is an interesting word because I think some things should be destroyed and also like what what do you mean by us like uh <laughs> technology has destroyed a lot of things good good and and bad um hopefully it doesn't destroy democracy um but you know oh uh, what what do i know that's actually i think i i hadn't considered the us in that sentence um but i i do think that in my head when i asked that question I'm I'm wondering about America and American democracy. And I, I guess that's where my head goes right away. That's not to say that's where the question was intended to go, but I think you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the thing is like, okay, the biggest news stories of the day almost always break on, on Twitter, which is where what my friends used to we used to text each other in high school because you know <laughs> not everybody had unlimiting texting yet so we would just use twitter and then check our phones or, or computers later uh and uh so yeah it's it is how we use it and i actually mm, i'm gonna probably get in trouble it depends i don't know uh but i, I somewhat similar to the whole gun argument is is regulation and how we are handling tech i mean facebook is sure has been in the limelight along with apple um and i i don't know i don't think tech has the ability to destroy us basically it's it's going to be the humans using tech poorly yeah that's fair or or uh, or um, maliciously even. I, well, I mean, even even if they, I, I really, I do think Facebook was started with malicious intentions. In fact, I mean, canonically, <laughs> it, it has been. It was created with malicious intentions, but I don't really think that's how Twitter was created. But uh, here we are, um, and now, literally, the most powerful man in the world is goes on what may or may not be psychotic or deluded episodes and 
it's very frightening. Uh, but we see that Twitter has the power to change that. And mm, <laughs> they sometimes they, they usually don't make the right call in my opinion, but maybe that's how maybe the next Twitter could not save us, but put a, push us in the right direction. Hey, if you wish death on a white man. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the <laughs> seeing that tweet go around was wow. Twitter really <laughs> forgot about Gamergate. Well, I, I, right. um, I, I, I mean, I, I if, if, People some for some reason don't know that uh, uh, Twitter put uh, they put into place the practice of um, removing content that not even wishes death, just wishes harm on the president. Uh, like uh, you might be suspended and it's going to be taken down. And one of my friends, in, in fact, replied, like, uh, wasn't that wasn't your stance when you sent me this? And it was somebody sending him a, a death threat or, or something. Yeah. And uh, then just the rep- the literally thousands of replies then to that tweet of just screenshots of Twitter uh, saying, oh, nope, this doesn't. Violate uh, our violate community our terms. standards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all, the, all those. Yeah. Um. The the community standards on Twitter really, really want women to kill themselves, but but yeah. not not white men. So you're pretty well known. Uh, uh, maybe not famous for, but known for um, uh, researching some odd things, uh, <laughs> go, going down rabbit holes, as as they say. Uh, so I'm curious, what is right now the weirdest thing in your browser history without getting, you know, weird, weird? The, what's the, the let me say, <laughs> let me phrase it as what's the most oddball thing in your browser history? I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> define the, the oddball. Yeah. Like that. that's the thing is like, even if I had some like. Intra- if I had some like spicy porn up here, it, it wouldn't be. It, it would be like, l- look at these queer people kiss it. Like it would be boring. Uh, let me let me pull up my history here. Um. Oh. Oh. Why did I hit Command A? No, no, no. It's not. It's it, it's not bad. I just got. I've been changing key bindings around and uh, messed it up. That would be. I mean, there there is always typically actually something in my browser. Uh, like I, I've tried to really lock Firefox down, but there's typically something really like some crazy conspiracy theory from <laughs> QAnon or the alt-right. Um, I guess 8chan. Yeah. 8chan is up here. Okay. So I guess that's <laughs> the, the, the weirdest one. I think that is more uh, in, in line with like my, I don't want to say my, my values, but um, the, the things that won't make people sad are the current meta statistics of pokemon goes uh go battle league teams and uh, the basically like an analysis of the current numbers of each pokemon and how to either win or it's uh see it's so embarrassing it doesn't make sense basically video game crap is <laughs> what's up here i re- uh, during the pandemic i mean i i really didn't want to like start a bunch of new hobbies because i didn't want to make myself pandemic busy as uh mike hurley <laughs> says so i'm like all right i'll just do a deep dive on the one thing that I can't turn into a job, which is uh, playing video games, you absolutely can turn into a job, uh, but playing this specific video game, you cannot. So I've just been kind of obsessing over that. Yeah. All What's right. the weirdest thing in your browser history right now? Oh, geez. Let's see. <laughs> I, I honestly, I should have been prepared for that to be turned around on me, but somehow I was not. Let's see. History. What's weird? Roller derby COVID protocols. 
Oh, that's not weird at all. That's super. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that made me sad. But well, you know what I mean? That's do you what, know? Do you know about this? Um, I think it's Texas. Uh, there was a, a roller derby league that had a couple of uh, trauma workers and uh, health professionals on it. Oh, and no. the le- no, it was it's all good. The league came up with a plan. Uh, Wired's article on it is titled Women's Roller Derby Has a Plan for COVID and It Kicks Ass. And they oh. came up with this, like, I don't remember, nine to 12 point nine tiered system of like, this is what we can do when these criteria are met. And it's so like clear and unambiguous and it's flexible so that if this happens, we go back to this tier and uh, it is such a professionally thought through plan that uh, people from all over the country are are contacting them and implementing it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll add that. Like it, it'll be in the show notes from the overtired that will have gone up a week ago already. But um, yeah, that was that was what, what the weirdest thing in my browser history today. And it is now in my browser history, and I'm stoked <laughs> to read this later. It's cool. Uh, Vice did a piece on it too. If you uh, if you're on the Vice YouTube's at all. Oh. All right. What? Okay. So let's let's switch here and do top three picks because yours I'm absolutely certain are going to be, if not fascinating, at least interesting. Oh, they're they're definitely not fascinating. In fact, in fact, I had to go and make sure that I didn't copy the uh your past few guests especially merlin with descript which i'm just gonna say <laughs> if you're an audio person at all uh or a, a video person if you work in any type of non-fiction production uh you want to try out D- descript uh but my first pick is my favorite book i've read this year and is already probably one of the best books I have ever read in in my life. Like I've already I've read it three times this year. Um, it's called, called "Why Why Fish Don't Exist" by Lulu Miller, and I don't really want to say a lot about it except that it is a book about life that will m- make you cry, and it it's by a woman who is the uh, co-creator of Invisibilia, which is uh, one of my favorite podcasts, and it's a science podcast. So this book is kind of like that podcast encapsulated, which is researching something very scientific and then unraveling it to the point where you try to figure out like the nature of the universe and yourself, but it's also very short and f- sweet and f- and funny. And I don't want to say anything more. I I could go for short, sweet, and funny. I just started yeah, Black Black Leopard Red Wolf by Marlon James. Ooh, what's that? The the book was recommended to me as being a very queer book that I might enjoy. And I'm still I'm still figuring out what it's about. Uh, it's I, I seem to be it's being told from the first person of a black man in some kind of. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it until I figure out what is going on here. Um, so I'll just I'll put a link to it and anyone who wants to check it out can. I have a feeling when I have uh, Mary Jo clinker on the show again this will be a topic of discussion so yay oh that makes you so excited yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay all right so what's your second pick then virtual reality uh (laughs) just in general when lockdown started in march i immediately ordered an oculus uh not an oculus rift an oculus quest which is the VR headset, unfortunately, made, acquired, and and now made by Facebook. Um, But it has, like, VR to me has gotten to a point where we're really at, like, 
okay, this is soon going to change the world. I haven't felt this excited about something since the rumors of an, an iPhone and the like the idea of having a computer in your pocket. Like the the I, I so I ordered my VR headset in in March. I said, but it didn't get here until um, I put it on my calendar. June. Uh, wait, nope. Yep, uh, Jul- July eighth. <laughs> I marked it down because it was such a monumentous day where I'm like, holy heck, this uh, is going to change my life, and it has. Like I, I've used it virtu- <laughs> virtually every day <laughs> since then, um, barely to play games. Actually, a lot of times I am just going into. Uh, Google Earth, they have a great VR app um, and just like walking around the rainforest and and like looking at beaches. Um, And I've been I'm really I mean, I could list a million things, but like um, I've been reading a lot of Jared, Jared Lanier, Jared, 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 the virtual reality guy, Lanier, um, his, his stuff. And I think I've always liked the idea of VR in abstract um, and especially uh, AR um, augmented reality. But being able to use it every single day is like um it's it's mind-blowing like i i am still one of those people who rarely leaves my apartment um just for uh, convenience and and like health reasons and this is the only like i put on a stupid hat basically and my 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 brain is transformed like not just it's so hard to articulate because it really is unlike anything i've experienced or when whenever i have someone try it they're like what the heck was that even if they have tried a vr headset in the past like five years um being like we're really close to a place where like yeah offices are just going to be uh in our goggles or or glasses have you ever tried vr no uh my my impression of vr anytime someone talks about it you ever see lawnmower man yes that's what oh yes 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 (laughs) yes that's what i think of and it's it's not good looking um so I, you're making me very curious to find out what modern VR actually looks like. That's the the issue too. Is like the best headset in my opinion right now is owned by Facebook, which is ah yucky. And I am sure that uh, eventually Apple. I mean, that's my, you know, new beat now. Wish wish Tua was still still around to cover <laughs> the potential AR glasses <laughs> that are g- going to be coming up. But, um, I mean, the ability for people to spend just not... I say just as if it's nothing. Like, $400 is just a wild amount of money. But it's also kind of a wild amount of money when you're like, oh, $400, and then I can be almost anywhere every day and i mean that's i don't know people are like what game console are you getting i'm like i'm just i'm done with that let me walk around (laughs) on my virtual beach yeah i could see that um when the pandemic's over i'll come use yours no i'll buy my own and can can you like meet people in virtual reality can you like hang out no i mean yes you can but it's it's not at a place where everybody can afford it or that everybody can um, I know but if I Facebook if I had an Oculus Quest and you had an Oculus Quest could we have a virtual coffee yeah but we wouldn't we'd have to use like um 
what app could we use? Unfortunately, we couldn't like see each other. We could see each other's like avatars. Well, sure. um, yeah. Will well, no, but but we're we're close to being like, yeah, this is a, a hologram of another <laughs> uh, another person, which is what I'm I'm stoked for. So sure, I mean, sure. like having a, a coffee in in VR right now is kind of the same as having one over Zoom. Sure. Uh, and so I'm I'm excited for like you know we're gonna like the the haptic of when hugs are like legal again (laughs) if they never are a beast i am all for putting on a suit and you know arm uh arm or elbow bumping with people virtually it's gonna be cool yeah um there was a an amazon show uh and i cannot remember the name of uh, download no oh i think up Upload yeah, it? maybe it was oh, just called Upload. It was uh, good, but they had these uh, like conjugal visit suits. Uh, like the the, yeah. pre- <laughs> the premise was when you die, you get uploaded into this kind of uh, uh, virtual reality, and you continue to exist as an avatar uh, who can then communicate back with living people, and uh, you could get a, you could rent a suit. Uh, and have a conjugal visit with your your dead, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> dead it, partner. It, yep, uh, ghost boning. It was very. <laughs> it, it, it was it was super interesting. Uh, I I actually really um, this is my two point five pick. Is is the show upload on on Amazon? It's definitely not for everybody, but uh, it, one thing it does illustrate really well, I think, is uh, the the dark places we can go with wealth disparity when VR become like real fast, it's going to get into like, all right, how much can you pay to subscribe to this virtual world where you need to work or play or, or whatever. Um, and it, but it does it in a humorous way as, as well. So it's not like full on black mirror. Yeah. Uh, one of Gibson's recent William Gibson's recent novels was, uh, all my books oh, just, have blurred together. Yes, I mean, same. I've been reading a lot during uh, the uh, saying pandemic is just weird still for me. <laughs> um, but during the pandemic, uh, I've been reading a lot. And sometimes the dystopian fiction kind of gets j- jumbled up, even if it is someone as good as William Gibson. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're on 2.5. What's three? The iOS app, when did I? So this is, I I don't know when I found this, but the, I wish I remembered the name of the woman who develops it. Um, I'll definitely send it to you for notes, but it's just an app where you can create a list of things. Um, For example, get a haircut, change a razor, change sheets, uh, buy Pokemon Go coins, you know, examples that everybody can relate to. Um, And whenever you do a certain thing, you just select um, like, yep, I changed my sheets today or yep, I got a haircut today. So now um, you now, you know, the last time you did something. So I called my grandma six days ago. So I should probably am like, oh, I should probably uh, do, do that again. And what I sort of like about this is it. It is a habit tracker, but hmm, I I don't know. It was it's still hard for me to articulate why this has worked for me more than habit trackers have. And maybe it's like the negative reinforcement of like, oh, I haven't changed my sheets in how many days? What now? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I just use this um, with a series of uh, iOS uh, shortcuts 
to you know mark like mark off my regular stuff of like i uh took this medication six hours ago so if i'm it, it, it's it's like uh oh here's a good way to do it it's a good way of like tracking feelings almost like what is the i i do have like last manic episode like i i have that in there as as well like yeah. stuff you don't want on your mind constantly sure. but stuff that it, it's still in like this liminal space that you can't like gtd it it is kind of always in your head like it is always in my head of like when did i call my grandma when when is the last time i i changed the that pillowcase it's just been really really helpful yeah yeah i built a a whole command line system around this premise uh it it was of course you did (laughs) it it was a little script app called doing and it let me while i was at my computer uh just write down what i was doing or what i had just done and then it gave me a task paper formatted file that I could search and see if and when I last did something. Uh, and I designed it pretty much specifically for manic episodes uh, when I would be doing more things than I could possibly keep track of. And mm. and it would be suddenly 10 in the morning and I wouldn't know what what I had spent the last eight hours on. And uh, it, 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 it has proven very useful for me. And I can see exactly why an iOS app like this would be uh, a boon, especially to someone who does have uh, vastly varying states of mind. Yeah. And for me, it's super useful with the like automation stuff built in. But it it, if you just want like a very simple list, it's incredibly accessible and easy to set up. And I was super, super impressed by uh, just I don't know. It's an application with personality, too. Like it's not like skeuomorphic or anything, but I I miss I miss apps having character, I I guess. (laughs) So, yeah, I like that about it, too. All right. Cool. Um, Yeah, so we did it. We even with extra questions, we we came in around an hour, which was always my goal. Nice. Nice. Well done. Um, We actually almost completely skipped talking about Dubai Friday, and we should at least mention that that show is going strong with you and Merlin and yeah you should you should uh come come on sometime and come up with a weird challenge for us to do that we'll inevitably fail at and then you can tell us the amazing script you created to do the challenge for us uh and it'll it'll be great if this is a serious invite i'm totally down we uh, oh yeah dude like that's kind of the whole premise of of do by friday is uh obviously to pick a challenge each week and that challenge could be um you know draw butts or or like reorganized your your to-do list to 3d print something (laughs) Um, but I mean, really, it's an excuse just to talk to the people we, we like and the people who do and people who do interesting things that we kind of <laughs> want to collect them and bring them <laughs> into our our friend circle, like uh, our amazing friend, Dr. Don Schaefer, uh, yep. who hosts the food safety podcast. Like, uh, I don't know, I've just met so many interesting people over the past four years and learned so much and that's very much thanks to merlin and the honestly the apple and tech community at at large it's been awesome yeah i uh i would be honored to join the ranks i will uh i will start formulating a challenge for you all right any other podcasts you want to link to or should we uh say two-headed girl and dubai friday yeah, two two headed girl and uh, Dubai Friday, and uh, keep an eye out on Re- Relay FM. I guess is what awesome. Um, where can people find you should they wish to learn more or and or contact you? 
him on Twitter at Alex Cox, spelled C O X, not the other way. Um, not the and other way. not the other way. <laughs> People ask me all the time, especially now over the phone. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but it, you, you can also go to alexcox.me, which is just a. Oh, wow. I don't even know. No, just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter.com <laughs> slash Alex Cox. It's probably my Tumblr. Yep, it's my Tumblr. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fair oh. enough. All right. Um, and and like you said, the podcast, uh, Two-Headed Girls on Transistor.fm? Yes, uh, I think. Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Two-Headed Girl.Transistor.fm. But also on we're on Twitter at Two-Headed Girl FM, uh, two spelled out. T-W-O. Um, and if you want to find Dubai Friday, it, we're also on Twitter at Dubai Friday, but it's spelled D-O-B-Y Friday. Um, not the many other ways you could spell do and buy. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for being open about bipolar and for uh, and for being just a terribly interesting person. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Systematic. Check out more episodes at systematicpod.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Find me as TT Scoff on all social platforms and follow Systematic at Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Thanks for listening.